Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder of Charlie of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om I'd like to talk to you tonight about living a blessed life. There's a simple key. You have to serve God, which is called vertical service, and you have to serve other living beings, which is called horizontal service. When Jesus Christ said, love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and your might, that part of it was the vertical service. And when he said, love your neighbor as yourself, that was the horizontal service. Tonight, we want to concentrate mostly on the horizontal part, serving other living beings. It's not something you do intermittently, sporadically, annually. It's a lifestyle, wherein you're always looking for an opportunity to serve others, always looking for opportunities to serve. And when you're in this mood of serving others, you help friends, you volunteer in your community, you distribute sacred foodstuffs, prasadam, protect the animals, you share the good news of the Bhagavad Gita, the Song of God. Not anything you have to force yourself to do. It comes naturally. It's a part of who you are. You simply give to everyone you meet. And when you've perfected that attitude, you're going to feel, I predict, true happiness, true fulfillment. That's why it's said. More blessed to give than to receive. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This we find in the fourth canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the self effulgent by Kunta planets, which is another way of saying the kingdom of God, by whose illumination alone all the illuminating planets within this material world give off reflected light, cannot be reached by those who are not merciful to other living entities. Only persons who are constantly engaged in welfare activities for other living entities can reach the Vaikuntha planets or the kingdom of God. When you focus on your own happiness, it's short-sighted. You're not alone. You do not live in an island. Our very being, what to speak of our happiness, is connected, intertwined with the happiness of others. Other family members, other co-workers, other countrymen, other species as well. It's not, nor has it ever been, about you. To focus exclusively on your desires, your goals, and your problems, that is the greatest illusion. That self-centered absorption will definitely keep you from the best that Krishna wants for you. Until you get your mind off of yourself, you're not even going to begin to fulfill your destiny. Also in the Srimad Bhagavatam, we read the story about King Rantidev. He fasted for 48 days, never complained, never made any attempt to get food. On the morning of the 49th day, he received a nice, well-prepared meal. But just as he was about to take his first bite, a learned Brahmin arrived as a guest. King Rantidev immediately could see Krishna in the heart of that Brahmin, and he received the guest with great faith and respect, gave him a major share of the meal. Brahman ate to his satisfaction and went away. Now King Rantidev was prepared to break his fast, eat what was left of the meal. When a low-class laborer arrived, 
King Ranti Dave could also see that within the heart of that low-class man, by social calculations, there was the Paramatma, the super soul of Krishna, God dwelling within his heart. So he gave him another major portion of the meal. And after the sudra, the low-class man had went away, a bearded, bedraggled man arrived, surrounded by a pack of dogs. And he said, O king, myself and my dogs are very hungry. Please give us something to eat. With great respect, because he saw Krishna seated in the heart of all living beings, not just human beings, but even subhumans as well. He gave whatever was left of his food to the dogs and this guy. Only a cup of water remained, just enough for one person. As he was about to drink the cup of water, a chandala, from a social point of view, the lowest class of living being, chandala means literally a dog eater, came up and he said, King, although I'm lowborn, please give me some drinking water. The king immediately gave his one glass of drinking water to the chandala. He said, by offering this glass of water to Krishna within your heart, I will not be the loser, but I will be the gainer by millions of times over. Having given up all my food and all my water to help others out, I know that I'm opening the door to freedom ultimately from all hunger, freedom from thirst, freedom from fatigue, and most importantly, freedom from illusion. Ranti Dave, at this point, you can imagine he's on the verge of death, and yet he gladly gave his last drop of water to the dog eater. And just then, Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and several other great demigods appeared before the king and revealed that it was they who had appeared in those various guises just to test the God consciousness of the king, just to test his commitment to horizontal assistance, helping of other living beings. And they were very pleased with King Rantidev, and they wanted to bestow upon him great wealth and opulences. But the king had no desire to enjoy temporary material opulences. He just wanted to keep his mind focused on the lotus feet of Krishna and render devotional service unto all of Krishna, God's parts and parcels. This is what he said. I do not pray to the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna for the powers of mystic yoga, nor do I pray for salvation from repeated birth and death in this material world. I only want to stay on this earth among the living creatures and suffer all pains for them so that in this way they may be free from all distress. The most fruitful way to serve others is to do it open-handedly, not expecting anything back. Even if you don't get a thank you, even if you don't get any credit, even if there's no applause, eventually good deeds by the law of action and reaction, by the law of cause and effect, by the law of karma will come full circle. Even if people don't recognize your sacrifices, Krishna God, who's in your heart as well as everyone else's heart, recognizes them and in due course he repays them with interest. You only need satisfy Krishna or God. If he is satisfied, then all other purposes are served. If you water the root of the tree, all the branches, twigs, flowers, and fruits are automatically watered. You don't need the recognition. You don't need the praise, the cheers, the applause of other people. Krishna or God is the only one who matters. He sees the kindness. He sees you volunteering time after time. He sees you looking out for your neighbors. He sees you giving an elderly person 
arrive to the temple. He sees you cooking the Saturday night or Sunday night piece. He sees you giving somebody else a Krishna conscious book. He sees you teaching Sunday school. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. If you want a great life, I'm here tonight to tell you, it doesn't come from the material standard of success. It doesn't come from having a bigger house. It doesn't come from getting your name in the newspaper. It doesn't come from Facebook likes or having 5,000 Facebook friends. It comes from service. All those aforementioned blessings become null and void unless they're used to honor God vertically or to serve other living beings horizontally. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare. This is Prahlad Maharaj, another devotee who, like Ranti Dave said, I do not for myself want to go back to Godhead unless and until all other suffering living entities have already preceded me to that supreme abode. God did not fashion you personally with this hand in order for you to squander his talents and gifts and abilities. He created you and he endowed you so that you could be a blessing to others. And when you act according to the spirit in which you were created, you're going to step into the fullness of your destiny. You cannot have fulfillment apart from the service of others. And when you make others' lives better, you make your own life better. When you give others what you have, then when you need a boost, a helping hand, an encouraging word, a shoulder to lean on, Krishna will make sure that's there for you. If you're a liberal and giving your smile to others, Krishna will liberally smile upon you as well as your loved ones. Serving others will give you satisfaction that money can't buy. Money can't give peace, it can't give joy, it can't give purpose, it can't give meaning, it can't give fulfillment. Only Krishna God can give those benedictions. What is the secret to greatness? If you went to Wall Street and asked that question, they would say money and lots of it. If you went to Washington, D.C. and asked the secret for greatness, they'd say power and lots of it. If you went to Hollywood and asked what's the secret for greatness, they'd say fame and lots of it. And yet Lord Krishna, our creator, our supreme heavenly father, would have a very different answer. Whoever wants to become great must serve others. In the Bhagavad Gita, he tells Arjuna, one who does good, Arjuna, is never overcome by evil. Elsewhere in the Bhagavad Gita, Prabhupada writes, everybody wants to be served. Nobody wants to serve. This is the material conception of life. But when we agree to serve others, not to be served by others, that is the liberated position. I'm here tonight to tell you that Krishna God is not impressed by opulence, by worldly goods, by good looks, by name and fame, by palatial residences, gourmet meals, gorgeous fashionable clothes. In the Mahabharata, when the evil-minded Duryodhana invited Krishna to his grand palatial residence with the intention of impressing the Lord with a gourmet prepared meal, the Lord flatly turned him down. Instead, the Lord visited Vidura in his humble hut and took from Vidura a little milk and bananas and relished it, and smacked his lips, said that a man doesn't live by bread alone. As there's food for the body, there's also a different kind of food for the soul. 
In addition to the hunger that the body feels, the soul also feels its own hunger. What is the soul hunger for? It hungers to be of service. Even the lamas, when they're trained how to go in and out of the bands and how to carry a pack and how to lead, they're just like, look at me. I'm making a difference. I'm doing a good. That's true even of the lamas. How much more should it be true of us as well? We get fed spiritually by doing what God created us to do. We get nourished by helping other living beings. Satisfaction, peace, joy, all these things come from serving others horizontally and serving God vertically. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. A first grade teacher once asked her students this question, what do you do to help at home? One said, I sweep the floor. Another said, I dry the dishes. Another said, I take out the trash. Everybody gave an answer, but one little boy sitting in the back of the room, he didn't say anything. Teacher said, Danny, what do you do to help out at home? He said, I stay out of the way. <laughs> so would you agree at your temple or your church or your mosque or synagogue, there are many people that consider that their service, spelled S-E-R-U-V-U-S. Would you agree there's all too many so-called religious people that spell service that way. <laughs> when you're mature in spiritual life, you're interested in S-E-R-V-I-C-E. -E. Serving others is not confined to, but it begins at home. It's great to serve other people when you're out in public, but it's important to serve your own family. Fathers and mothers serving their children, children showing gratitude to their parents, husbands and wives exhibiting respect and submission for each other. Even little courtesies can make a huge difference at home. In the marriage with the children, saying, I'm going to the store, kids, honey, can I get you anything? Do you want me to cook dinner tonight so you can have a break? Let me do those dishes while you sit down. I'll help the kids with their homework tonight. That dress looks so pretty upon you. Be a blessing to your spouse. Love them as God loves them. Be a window for them to the spiritual world where love is always unconditional. If you'd like your marriage to go to the next level of happiness, try being more considerate of your spouse. I heard a joke the other day. One lady said to her doctor, my husband has a habit of talking in his sleep. How can I cure him? The doctor said, have you tried giving him an opportunity to speak? When he's awake? <laughs> a relationship should be a competition to see who can serve the other better. Marriage is not so that husbands can have a maid and wives can have a credit card. Marriage is a laboratory where we learn to love one another. It's a dress rehearsal for the spiritual world. And in this spiritual world, Ekala Ishara Krishna Arasavya, there is one master and every other living being is a servant. Even Krishna himself, Though he need not serve anybody, serves his devotees out of love and affection. Krishna, the Lord of all lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the creator of millions of universes, personally descended to this earth 5,300 years ago and hand-delivered an invitation to each and every one of us to go back to home, back to God. He had all the power in the world. He was the most influential power in all of history. And yet his mission in coming down to earth was not to impress people with his power and glory, not to grind them down, not to have them grovel before him. No, God's mission in coming here was to serve. 
And at least one occasion, as we read about in the Bhagavatam, he washed the feet of all the incoming guests to Hastinapur for the Rajasuya sacrifice of Maharaj Yudhisthira. He washed not only the feet of his friends, but he washed the feet of his enemies like Jarasandha, Sisupal, Salva. He could have called on any number of servants to do that for him. He had hosts of devotees standing by to fulfill his slightest wish. He could have thought, these feet stink. This guy needs a shower. This fellow has toe fungus. This guy hasn't taken a bath in a month. I'll show humility by getting somebody else to wash their feet. But instead, the Supreme Personality of Godhead got out his towel. He got down on his knees at the feet of both friends and enemies. And he washed their feet with great, great care and attention. So what is God teaching us when he does this? You're never too important to serve people. You're never too successful to ignore others. You're never too high to bow down on your knees and serve someone. In fact, the more you bend in humility, the more Krishna will decorate you with the fruits of the Spirit. It is said, whoever is great among you will be your servant. We should always remember that. Always be willing to serve, even the lowest, the least you can imagine. You must become as vulnerable as a child, because in God's kingdom, the measure of greatness is not the usual notion of success or achievement, it's service, the humility of considering others before yourself. I heard a story in a college campus that was a very distinguished professor. He received a distinguished professor award so many times he practically owned the title. He taught religion, that was an elective, and no one was forced or mandated to take any subject that he offered. And yet, because his classes were the most popular in the whole school, students would sometimes sign up for them one or two semesters in advance to be assured of a place in his class. He could call on any one of his six or seven hundred students by their first name. No small feat, I think you'll agree. Although he lived within easy walking distance of his office, he frequently went to lunch at the school cafeteria in the middle of campus. In that cafeteria, there were students who needed to earn some extra money to pay their tuition, and they would bus and wash tables and clean them off. They were all dressed in white coats. And they worked feverishly, particularly during the noon hour, trying to keep up with the students, all wanting a clean table instantly. Unfortunately, there was a cruel, callous tradition which had been perpetuated in that dining hall. Anytime one of the table servers in the fervor would actually drop a plate or glass onto the floor, the students in the hall would burst into applause and a mocking gesture of recognition. More than once, a table server would cower with embarrassment as he or she frantically tried to clear the broken china from the floor while those enjoying their lunch clapped and laughed at them. One particular noontime when the professor was sitting, having lunch at a table with some students, there was a tremendous crash just a few feet behind. And sure enough, one of the servers had slipped in the rush to clear a table and had dropped an entire tray of dirty dishes. Immediately, the whole dining hall erupted with jeers and, and applause and clapping as the young man started to clean up the mess on the floor. He himself seemed to be on the verge of tears. 
Without saying a word, Professor stood up, walked over to where the server was frantically scraping up the mess on the floor, stooped down on his knees and began to help collect the broken glasses and scraps of food and put them back on the tray. The clapping came to a dead halt. The dining room fell silent as a morgue. And for a few seconds, everyone watched and felt themselves ashamed. That dining hall tradition of mock applause died a well-deserved death on that day. All the students present there were taught the true meaning of greatness in that one action, more so than they could have ever learned in all of the classes in all of the semesters. In the Krishna book, it's mentioned, a noble tree is laden by so many fruits that its branches touch the ground. The more you walk in humility, the more willing you are to serve others, the higher Krishna or God will take you. If someone asks you, who are you helping today? Who are you being good to? Who are you lifting up? Can you answer right away? Are you on the lookout for others that you can bless? Prabhupada said in a conversation once with the Ambassador Kenneth Keating, the soul's necessity is to serve someone. Either you serve your country, your society, your family, your community, at least if you have nothing else to serve, then you keep a dog and serve it. Krishna, God strategically brings people into our lives whom we are uniquely qualified to help, puts people in our path whom we can brighten their day. So get up every morning and pray, Lord, who is my assignment today? Who are you sending me today? Lord, let me not be so self-absorbed that I ignore them. Let me not be so busy that I resent them interrupting me. Let me not be caught up so much in myself that I miss the opportunity to serve others. Nowadays, people are obsessed with living as long as they can. They watch their diet, they exercise, they take vitamins. The real issue, can I tell you, is not how long you live, it's how well you live that counts. It's not the duration of your life, it's the donation of your life. Last story. I heard about an older missionary couple around the turn of the century. They'd spent 60 years in Africa helping less fortunate people. Gave their lives to missionary work and did a lot of good. When they finally retired, they came home on a steamship to New York. It so happened they were coming back from Africa on the same ship as Teddy Roosevelt, who was coming back from one of his safaris. And when the ship pulled into the dock, there was a great, great, huge crowd there, a brouhaha, fanfare, a band was playing, dignitaries were lined up, flags waved, balloons, a huge celebration. This elderly missionary watched all this. He said to his wife, honey, it just doesn't seem right that we've given our lives to help others. This guy went and shot some animals, some innocent animals, comes back and everybody's celebrating him. And there's not a single person on that dock to celebrate or welcome us. Later on that night in a rundown motel room, a missionary prayed, God, I don't understand. President goes on vacation and the whole world welcomes him home. Nobody even knows we exist doesn't seem fair. And at that moment, he heard God's reply coming 
from deep within the region of his heart. Son, it's because you're not yet home. You will be rewarded. Our God is a grateful God. There will be a celebration like you've never seen. If you've been faithful, if you've sacrificed, if you've volunteered, if you've given to others, please be encouraged. Today, there's a ticker tape parade awaiting you in heaven. Kettle drums will roll. There will be showers of flowers. The Lord awaits you with open arms. Krishna, God, sees every act of kindness, sees every good deed. Nothing you've done will go unnoticed. Krishna sees it, and the good news is that you'll be rewarded. Remember, when you do what Krishna created you to do, what Krishna asks you to do, which is to look out for your brothers and your sisters, you will be nourished, you will be refreshed, you will be energized. Be on the lookout for ways you can be good to people. And if you develop this lifestyle of serving others, Krishna promises you today health, strength, opportunity, promotion, because you're a giver and not a taker, because you donated your life to making other lives better, you will come into amazing blessings in this life. And next life, you will go back to home, back to God. If any of that sounds good to you, you can join me in raising your hands. And the words are just there. Together we can say... Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.